Yo, welcome back. No, I'm going to redo that. Yo, welcome back to another episode of Where It Went Podcast. And it's James Bond edition. We're at 007. These episodes just keep getting more and more unreal. And Ray, Ray Capo, I just dropped something right there. Ray Capo kind of called us out on something. He's like, well, you know, in the first episode, you didn't talk about this. And immediately I thought, I never, A, I never thought that Ray Capo would be listening to my fucking podcast. B, I thought when we started this, it was just going to be me and you talking about these records. And I yeah. never thought that it would turn into what, what we have today, which is you and I and Jason Mazzola now interviewing Jordan Cooper and Ray Capo together about this record. This is unreal. Yeah, and what a cool interview. Um, and the fact that we can bid up Bo, Jordan, and bid up Bo, Ray Capo, because they actually did this interview is pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, man. Like, if yeah. you had told me, you know, back when I got this comp probably 20 years ago, like, one day you'll be talking to these guys about it and stuff. Uh, yeah, and and they'll even, be telling you they love the podcast. Yeah, not even in, like, a weird hero worship thing. But, no, not yet. You know, because cause hardcore, it's always been about having everyone kind of on the same level. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like, these guys – made the blueprint and they laid the foundation for everything. When they're talking about how they have to fucking fold the covers and book the tours and figure everything out. There was only a couple of people before them that were doing that. Ian Mackay, Kevin seconds, but this is still kind of like first wave for American yeah. hardcore for these guys. Hardcore wasn't even 10 years old at this point. Yeah. What like, the fuck? We've, you know, all of us here, you know, right now in this chat have been involved for hardcore a lot longer than 10 years. So it was super new, you know, like um, Ray mentioned the Shelter album when 20 Summers Pass. And that came out, actually, I had to look it up. It was 2000. I think he said mm-hmm. uh, 98, probably what probably was recorded around that time or whatever. But that was 20 years ago. So right? we're in the 20th summer right now. We're in the 20th <laughs> summer. If you, think, if you think about it, if you went back 20 years from this compilation, mm-hmm. you're talking 1968. Like the Ramones didn't exist. Uh, maybe the Stooges existed, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it wasn't even... This it was kind like proto, of proto punk, yeah. yeah. Like the MC5 existed. Yeah, this is now a, we're getting into it. like please kill me territory, right? Yeah. So it's it was just really neat to have both of their perspectives on this, you know, l- legendary compilation. Um, so I want to get right to the interview. So yeah, let's get in and see what they have we to kick say. it. Kick so, it. Enjoy. Listen, we're here today. I cannot believe this is happening. When we started this podcast, I thought it was just going to be me and Greg here just talking to each other and nerding out these records. But we have the founders of Revelation Records today, Ray Capo and Jordan Cooper. And we're here to talk about the way it is, but I understand that we have to go back even before that, right? Yeah, so the the Warzone record was kind of uh, 
you know, from my understanding, it was a one-off thing. And uh, we actually were not even, it wasn't even going to be on the name of the label wasn't even revelation when we were first talking about doing it, it was going to be schism. And then, um, and then Ray had this idea of doing a compilation and that's where the seven inch, uh, that's sort of how the label started. Ray wanted to do this compilation of all the, the bands that were playing at CBs and going to some records and at the time that Youth of Today moved to New York. And uh, and that's how really the label started was this comp, the seven inch comp. And then I think Ray always had the idea of we'll do the seven inch now um, and then uh, we'll, we'll turn it into an album as soon as we can afford to or, or as soon as we have all the recordings. Because um, the seven inch didn't obviously, even the 12 inch didn't hold all the bands that, um, that could have, but um, and a little bit of uh, a little bit of history on the Warzone record because I was listening to the podcast and felt like there's some crucial um, crucial points missed, and so I just want to I just think it's important to share this. Revelation sort of started because we wanted to historically document bands that were around because back then, you know, it takes a lot to organize a band. It takes a lot for the band to practice. It takes a lot for a band to get in the studio. So there's a lot of chances that bands could just disappear off the face of the earth, never to be remembered. But Warzone was about to break up. And we were like, man, we got to document this band. Ray Bees is such a character. He's been around. He's been our friend. Um, and these are like, you know, these guys were bigger than life. And we felt like, let's document them. So I asked Ray to get together a bunch of songs, uh, put them together. They could be, they were often, I think they were t literally two track recordings, some of this stuff, just like recorded live, um, in a, live in a studio. And uh, put it together, pick your best ones, throw us some photos, and we'll make a record out of it and put it out because we wanted to, we, we really wanted to be historians and document this. And the compilation came right in the mood of that. By the way, after that came out, war, and, and it was met with a bunch of success. Um, but to make a long story short, uh, the band became like sort of reawakened when that single came out. And there was, there was a renaissance going on of like cool, hardcore stuff in New York City. And uh, my band happened to be one of the bigger bands at that time um, that were like, like playing that like clear, crisp, hardcore. The scene was turning in a direction of metal. We weren't into it. Um, and so there was like a little rebirth and a renaissance. We wanted to capture it all. And, um, uh, that's what the compilation, the single compilation, this or, or the seven-inch compilation was, and we basically started finding cool bands with their demos out. A lot, I don't, I don't think a lot of them even had records out back then. Sick of it all didn't have a record. Gorilla Biscuits, I don't think had a record. Who was else? Side by Side didn't have a record. Bold. And so it's bold, bold. Yeah, they uh, they didn't have a record at that time. Yeah, Super Touch, I guess, didn't. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think any of them did. Yeah, yeah. So it was a great way to just sort of hand select bands we were yeah, friends none with. Of and, them. None of them. And, and, and you know, glad we did it. We glad, glad we did it. We like documented, uh, documented the scene. It was sort of, it was cool. Yeah. And in the liner notes of the 12 inch, you specifically say that, you know, a lot of the bands had different views, different politics came kind of from different like sub parts of the scene, but you all played shows together and you wanted to make sure that it was like a document of kind of everything that was going on in your realm of hardcore at the time. You know, I was, I was in a very torn place in my life, truthfully. 
because um, in the first Youth of Today 7-inch, we said, you know, we are going to be a straight edge band. And this is what we are. And this is my identity because it's a good thing. And we're going to tell the people what we're about. And very soon I realized that to the degree that I identify myself, I started going, this is, it, truthfully, it was the very, Break Down the Walls was the very beginning of my spiritual, you know, my spiritual transformation because, I mean, the whole theme of Break Down the Walls was, I used to think that labels were just symbols of pride, but over time, I see they only serve to divide. So the degree that I connected myself with one particular group of people it isolated me from other people. And that's exactly what's almost started to happening immediately. We created almost a scene within a scene. There was a hardcore scene. And then when Straight Edge became popularized, you the fans would just go to Straight Edge shows. They were not interested in anything outside that bubble. And what I, what I liked about the hardcore scene was there was mainstream music and then there were freaks. And basically, we were all freaks. You could be straight edge. You could be um, even even like speed metal was freaky. And then you had punky bands. And then you had like, you know, there's that famous picture of me and Purcell with Gigi Allen. And then, there, you know, and the Misfits. And the, But everyone sort of like, we all had in common that we were all a bunch of freaks. And we weren't welcome in our high schools. We weren't welcome in, our, our bands were not gonna get on the radio. Our bands had to be played late at night at you know 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday night to be heard. Our records were not going to get widely distributed. Um, and that's sort of what we had in common. That was, that was sort of like uh, the grittiness of that scene back then. And if you wanted to do something, you just figured it out and how to, did it and, and how to do it. And that was sort of, I think, the overall beauty of this music scene was you wanted something done, you figured out how to create it. You didn't sit back and wait for someone to, I'm going to sign your band or, um, you know, I'm going to make you a star. I'm going to book your tour. We just sort of did it. And we, and you know how we did it? We just figured it out as we, as we, it's not like me and Jordan studied music business, uh, you know, at, at university, we just figured it out. It was sort of a trial and error. You did your first, uh, well, no, it wasn't your first band, maybe, but you did a Violent Children 7-inch. Did you handle all the pressing stuff for that, or did somebody else in the band do that? Uh, I did it. Actually, uh, Dave Ranelli, the singer, had a, uh, had a friend that worked at a print shop, so they made those really good single covers. I don't know how we got those, but they did all that. But I went to the pressing plant and got the mastering and got the test pressings and the acetates. And um, it was it was cool. It was a cool learning. I didn't even know how you're going to sell them because at that time of Violent Children, I barely knew anybody. And um, we sold them at the local record store. Remember Record Broker in Danbury, Connecticut? There was no hardcore record. That's store. where I got my copy. <laughs> and we just walk around and sell them and bring them to shows. But then one day I got a I got a um, I only pressed 500. I got a, a letter in the mail because that's how you communicated with people. I got a letter from Rough Trade Records. Like, do they still exist? Rough Trade? Yeah. Oh, your kid. Rough Trade said, uh, we'd in like England, to buy. I think they were in San Francisco. Okay, that one might not exist, but the England okay. one still does. Okay. They said, um, I'd like to buy, you know, 320 copies of your record on consignment. I was like, 
you're kidding. 300, I've only pressed five. And, and I was like, and then we'll pay for them when we get them. And you know what happened uh, eight weeks later? I got a check. I was like, this is unbelievable. I just paid back what I paid. And, and I realized like, oh, you could sell records and make money from it. And people care about it. And now this record's getting put in different peculiar freakoid record stores all around America, if not the world. And that was my, my taste. I mean, I think I was, a, what was I, like a junior in high school when that came out. And, um, yeah, and, and so it was, a, it was a, for me, it was a good step towards figuring shit out, figuring how to, how to, how to do stuff in the world. Did you guys, when, when you were starting the label, did you seek advice from maybe other labels? Like I'll always hear people <laughs> no. say they reached out did to you? Ian, like Ian Mackay. Like a lot of people always talk about, oh, I reached out to Discord and asked Ian a bunch of questions. I was just curious. Did yeah, you? Ray knew, um, Ray was on Positive Force. So I think he knew people from, from that. Um, yeah, except, except um, Kevin didn't really know much. Yeah, Kane, Kane was the guy that pressed all the like Positive Force and, and BYO, or, I think, and a bunch of other labels too, right? Yeah, truthfully, I think it was all, back then it was all so sketchy. And I think, I think um, Kevin was as, as naive as we were. We just sort of like gave him the record. And I was like, Kevin, how many did we press? I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't think he was being criminal. He actually didn't know. And the prec and the pressing plant, they were sort of the pressing plant was in cahoots with the distributors. Like they would sell them, and Kevin never had a clue. He never got accounting, and so no. If you want the honest truth, no one really gave us good advice. I think a lot of it was, um, you know, we figure it out we trial by error, basically. Yeah, you know, I, there's documents of them folding all the schism records in Alex and Porcel's apartment and Sammy booking tours when he's like 14 years old. So well, I still have a photo of me um, stuffing the side-by-side -side records in when I lived uh, in the schism house. I have, I remember they, the day they showed up. So all that stuff we did ourselves. Yeah. We, pa we packed our own records. Me and Jordan remember that fondly. And then um, was it like a relief when you didn't have to do that anymore when it was <laughs> like, you, you know, you get to a certain level and you don't have to do that? Was it like, okay, now I can concentrate on other stuff or do you still maybe kind of miss that a little bit? Uh, I don't, well, I, we're, we're, we still have to, it depends on the plan. These yeah, I've, are, seen, I've seen Adam stuff in plenty of inserts into records. Yeah, <laughs> it depends on what it is. Like, and now that Rainbow closed, um, that was our pressing plant we used from the late 80s till they closed in January this year. So now we're back to, we're, we're hand assembling a lot of stuff because shipping the, the jackets in both directions just leads to damage. So, mm -hmm. and the jackets are kind of the fragile part of the process. So we're doing a lot of hand, more hand assembly now than we used to. Why don't you buy those machines, Jordan? Just Manufacture can't. your own records. I tried to get them to move to Orange County, um, but they- They're, they're in Hollywood? They, no, they're gone now, but they were in the Valley. They were in Santa Monica when you probably knew them. And then now they're in, then they moved to the Valley and now they're gone. They sold all the equipment to a pressing plant in Tennessee. Wow. But yeah, I talked, I tried to talk to the owner about it, but um, by the time he replied to me, his reply was everything's been spoken for. Wow. And sorry to interrupt, going back to the war zone 70. So the, uh, the, the first pressing was a thousand. Then there was 
500 on black, 500 in orange for the second pressing, then a thousand third pressing, and then the the last pressing was 300 on clear. So the total, I think it, it looks like there was 3,500 total was on seven inches pressed, just to get that covered. You, you never repressed after that? We're going to, but we never, we haven't since then, since 89, we haven't pressed it. Really? That's wild. So you, you pressed small numbers of all of these and like a little bit of color and a little bit, did you know, did you have the foresight to say like, this is going to be a rare record, this number, this Batman stamp and this, did, were you like, Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes, we did. Now you got to understand record collecting wasn't a thing. And it's hard to believe that now because, but, um, Record collecting was a unique, unique thing. And it wasn't until we went to California, Jordan came with us to uh, the youth of t- the, the first Youth of Today tour, Seven Seconds, before Can't Close My Eyes came out. And we met the guys from New Beginning Records. And they sort of like turned me on to this record's rare, this record's not rare, this record. Because, but the stuff they collected was you know, it was called like uh, the Danger House records, you know, some of the Discord records. And they just sort of like put a bug in our head about what is rare and how things go out of print. And these bands are around like SSD. They put out Kids Will Have Their Say. And that was it. There was They made a thousand. They disappeared. You never see them again. Um, a lot of these bands or these record labels didn't even quite exist. You know, they just put out a record. So when Revelation started, we felt like, you know what we're going to do here? We're going to limit everything. We're going to make them all unique. And then we're going to trade them for whatever we want. And we're going to start a massive record collection. And in one sense, it was like creating your own currency. It was like, it was as boy collection. Yeah, it was. Yes. And it was like, it was like you're you're the founder of Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) And I I happened to be obsessed with GI Joe's because I never got enough as a child. So that's how the G.I. Joe thing came into play. Like, uh, we'll, Plus the, the store we'll, Love Saves the Day had like some cool G.I. Joe diorama set up in it. Yes, there was the Love Saves the Day, which was an old vintage toy store. And I was into vintage lunchboxes, vintage, vintage toys and things like that. And then um, Jordan started getting tons of them in the mail. Couldn't believe it. So uh, we got a little inspired from that. So yeah, we did limited runs of everything. And then people wanted those things. And we would just trade them for things that were actually rare. At some and point. then they became rare. And now, now the Revelation stuff is some of the rarest stuff ever. Yeah, so yeah it, it is. Really That's what is. we, I mean, we had people comment, you know, about me and Javier, like, what do you mean you don't have this record? And like, we both are not really, like, I have records, but... I don't really care necessarily about having really limited stuff. Like I'm not going to pay. Well, you should, you should. A lot of money. <laughs> I know. I wish I had, no, I wish I would have cared when it was cheap, yeah. but uh, you know, it's, it's tough now. Cause like you said, the war zone, you can't find that for. The people want it. Yeah. The people want it. And the SSD and all those, you know, maybe they made a thousand at once and 3000 sure. or whatever, and they're gone and that's it. It's over. Yeah, well, the yeah. Came with together, I mean, together mis- you can't find. Wait, did, did the Misfits influence you at all? Because they kind of, they were the the real uh, masters of the colors and the numbering, and they they started that more than just. You know, I, I I never got that much into the Misfits, truthfully. 
as far as I had all their stuff. I, had, I collected all their stuff. Um, I, I mean, I had a pretty massive collection because me and Purcell were in New York City first. Um, uh, and so we had access to all these record stores be, before record collecting was a thing. So we would literally go in and scour old New York City record stores that weren't even necessarily punk stores. One of my, one of my famous stories is there was this very peculiar store. It was either on West Third Street or Bleecker Street, but they just sold weird bootlegs of anything. Grateful Dead, Janis Joplin, Devo. And they had a whole thing of records on the wall, just singles, 45s. And so I was like, I, you know, New York, the Bad Brains were a New York band. I wonder if they have the Bad Brains single here. So I said, hey, do you guys got any singles by the Bad Brains? So he's flicking through. And all of a sudden, I see him pass the Bad Brains single. And I was like, that's it right there. And I was like, how much, are, how much is it? He goes, two bucks. And I go, how many do you have? And he goes, I got 10. I go, I'll take them all. <laughs> and that was like. Was it with the picture sleeve or no? Well, check this out. The story gets better. That, it was the, no, it was the second Preston without the picture sleeve. The next, and then, so there was this other store called, do you remember the store called Bleecker Street Jazz? It was after Six Ave, west of Sixth Avenue, right when, right, right when Bleecker Street start, starts going, heading north. Um, this store had tons of punk singles on the wall. All the stuff from like uh, X-Ray Specs and Posh Boy, all these punk bands. And they had tons of singles in the back, just like tons of them. And every week I would go in there, do you have the bad brains with a picture sleeve? And they like, the guy would be like, yes, I got it. It's here somewhere. And I'd come back, he goes, just come back. I'll find it for you and I'll put it aside. Every week I'd go to that store. And then one day Purcell went and you know, me and Purcell sort of look alike. I don't think we look alike, but people. And so the guy just looks at Purcell and he goes, hey, I got that bad brains you're really looking for. It's right here. And he gave it to Purcell for four bucks. <laughs> Purcell got it for four bucks. <laughs> Wow. But I remember as soon as I got those bad brains, I brought one over to uh, Free Being. I traded it for, not Free Being, what was that store? What was that store on 8th Street? Bill, Bill's store? Venus? Venus. I bought it to Bill for Venus. I traded it, it for a green SOA, an original wow. SSD kids will have their say. Um, I gave one to Matt Bold as a gift. Yeah, it was, it was, it, it you was must great. Be, you probably gave one to me because I have one without the picture sleeve. Okay, I probably gave it to you. I, I mean, I had 10 of them. I didn't care. Yeah, that's great. But, yeah, we would use, when... but it was right back then. You could find stuff everywhere. No one, no one else was looking for it. Jordan, what gave you the foresight to hold on to all that stuff? Like you said, you still have the record that Ray gave you. Like, did you just start packing it away and start keeping it and keeping track of all the stuff yeah just everything i mean i don't know i don't i don't i still have everything i've ever owned i I never throw anything away (laughs) it's Um, called hoarding (laughs) (laughs) look at this place i mean that's a dream come true for some people did you know back in like 86 87 like yeah i'm gonna need to hold on to this record or this flyer or this book or whatever just because i i held on to it's funny i was talking about about this with somebody the other day, but like I'll, I keep the stuff that I care about. Like if Ray gives, first of all, I like the Bad Brains. So if somebody gives me a Bad Brains record, I'll keep it. Um, but I worked with a guy that was friends with Glenn Danzig and he, he 
told me to get these. He was like, I have extra Sam Heen records that Glenn gave me and they're all on color vinyl. And I was like, that's all right. I don't, I don't really like Sam Heen. I don't need those records. Um, later on, I would end up liking Sam Heen, but at the time I, I was really only interested in the Cro-Mags and stuff like that. So, um, but the guy talked me into it. He's just like, trust me, you got to have these, you know, I'm friends with Glenn. He, you know, take these records and you know they were they were probably only ten dollars each but so i reluctantly took them um and i put them in a box and 20 30 years later now people are looking for these particular pressings and i have no problem trading them or selling them or whatever because it's not something i collected because i like the band but right. bad brains violent children uh you know, Chromag stuff that I actually listened to and went to shows for. I, I never saw Sam Hain. I never saw the Misfits, but um, yeah, the stuff that I like, I, I, I hold on to. Yeah, and it's, not it's, because yeah. it's worth anything, because I'm not going to sell it anyway, but um, right. yeah, you know, you just keep it. Was, it I don't it know. worth something to him. I was more like obsessive compulsive. Like I had to have this, I had to have that, you know we would go down the street and see some kid selling his records and we'd like chase everybody else away. We'd just be like, and pull out big bills. We're like, we'll buy them all, you know, like just yeah. walk away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some of the best some of the, more competitive than I am. Yeah. We, me and Purcell had a very competitive spirit and we turned it against the entire world. <laughs> and you don't even, do you have most of those records anymore? I know. I think I've seen me? Me? Yeah, you, you don't. I've got nothing. Anything. I've got nothing. I don't even have my own records. I remember I saw you had like maybe a, what, like a couple Youth of Today records that your son was listening to, your daughter. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan, uh, Ryan Cooper. Yeah, Ryan Cooper. Right before he, before he died, he gave me a copy of the seven inch, the, the compilation seven inch. He just, because I was at his house, I was like, oh man, you got this record? Uh, he was like, you don't have this record? I was like, no, I don't have any of my records. And he goes, oh, you got to have this and he gave it to me with uh the way it is and even with the together comp was there any bands that didn't make the cut maybe a band that you know was around at the time and was there that's a good question like maybe no. straight ahead no. No. yeah no. That's, i would have liked straight ahead i don't think was straight ahead around then i don't know no they, they must have been around because they were they were on the um they were on an ad tommy was a in the ad for the record, but I don't think they had anything recorded that they could give for the record. Too bad we didn't ever put out something for Straight Ahead. I've been talking to Craig about it every couple of years because it's one of those records that really needs to be put back in print. The Great. end of the or the end of the Warzone record that should have been put out. End the Warzone, yeah. End the Warzone. Maybe we need to get Straight Ahead, like you said. To, we'll keep keep pushing Craig and see about getting them on. You know, getting that on yeah. I was yeah. saying that that needs to be heard by many more people. Um, on the album, there's the usual suspects that you'd expect for a revelation, you know, retroact you know, looking back when I, you know, get the comp, you like you see Bold, Youth of Today, Gorilla Biscuits. Then there were some uh bands that never did anything else with Revelation but were on uh the comp. I was wondering if we could talk about some of those. Like, uh, you know, just say it. We know who you're talking about. Just say it. <laughs> what? We weren't going to bring up YDL at all. <laughs> we, we know who you're talking about. Oh, we were talking well, about was, nausea. I was actually six. talking about you know, Trip Six. I've never heard anything of uh, besides that song. 
Um, well, tri trip six, Tommy Rat was the first singer for Warzone, and and all these all these guys were around. Like um, I think Tommy and and the singer for Nausea were roommates, and and Amy was like, um, oh, he's my roommate. I, I live with I live with uh, Neil singer Nausea Neil. Oh, okay, and, and his girlfriend Andrea, who's the tattoo artist. And the singer of YDL. I lived. We all lived together. Yeah, and so Mark Ryan. And Mark Ryan. And Tommy Carroll. We all lived in this giant was, apartment together. Wow. That was you there. That's amazing. Yeah, me, Mark, were roommate. We had one room. Andrea and Neil had another room. Tommy Carroll and Alexa had another room. Oh wow. That and Eng apartment. English and English Nick. And uh, if you want to trip through memory lane or down memory lane, what, there's a video that we posted. Um, that one of Ray B's friends uh, shot on, on the day they on a day they played like the record their album release party at the Ritz, and they go to that apartment and they wake up Alexa and everybody. It's like they go there, I guess early ish. And what? Go watch. It's a great video. video. It's a great video on YouTube. Um, and then it it shows Warzone. They go to uh, Luke's house and get him, pick him up, and go to the Ritz and play a show. Really this cool is on job. YouTube. This is on YouTube right now. Yeah, I'll send you the link. Oh, it's like a mini that, documentary. Man. It's really cool. What's it called? What could I search under? I'll, I'll, I'm going to send you the link. I don't know. It's just it's like uh, Warzone live at the Ritz, but it, the it, it's Ray B's going around in the van, picking up everybody, and I don't remember why they went to that apartment, but. There's a like, Neil's there, Tommy Carroll's there, Alexa's there, and, and that's our that's uh, our pad. It was on Rivington Street. Shirts there or something. I don't remember. Yeah, we'll post it on our blog too. And that you know, it's really cool that that video exists. And you mentioned, and we've talked to other people through these interviews, where it's kind of like a yearbook, you know, and you can really you see all these old photos of people, and some of the photos like in the uh, the together comp, they're just hanging out. You know, it's just a bunch of dudes hanging out outside of a Gorilla Biscuits show or whatever. And so it, I, I personally think it's really cool that you can look back at this stuff 30 some years later and be like, oh, yeah, I lived in that apartment or I played that show or that's my old guitar or whatever. Right. It is cool. I mean, it's cool that people care about it 35 years later. That's the really cool thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like, did you think at that time like that no. you would? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, mean, even 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 like. Shelter wrote when 20 summers pass, which is much later record after we did beyond planet earth after we did mantra. So it's sort of like the end of that whole decade, 1998. And we wrote a record called when 20 summers pass, which means, you know, somewhere way light years away from us. Guess what? It's We're 20 there. summers. <laughs> We're there. It's the future. We, you yeah. know, and even at that time when that record came out, Nine, that was 1998. 1988, the days of youth of today, seemed like a millennia ago. And it wasn't. It was actually closer than it is now. Yeah, right. I, I've said often on here that, like, when I discovered youth of today and Gorilla Biscuits when I was, like, 14 in 1995, 1988 may as well have been 1888. Like, it was, like, so ancient. And now I'm, ancient. like, I only missed it by a couple years. You know, I think that's something that happens when you get older. You know, time goes faster, you know, compared to like a teenager, time goes slower. I, I think what we tried to do with Revelation was just document what was going on sonically in that part of the world 
in the world of freak land. Yeah, so, and you, you achieved that, and that's awesome. Yeah, and it's still, like I said, it's, it's still going. And I'm lucky I got hung out with kids that were, you know, uh, politically upstanding by today's, you know, by, by today's opinions. You know, we were, yeah. clean, we were into clean livings. We had a spiritual bend. We were into, you know, uh, we were anti-racism. We were uh, vegetarians, plant-based plant before it was called plant-based. Like common. I was reading an interview that you That's, did um, and it was reprinted in hardware zine, which was a 90s zine, but it was from 86. And I'm reading your interview. This was before you know, you actually talked about you. You said, me and my friend Jordan are going to start a label. That was how old this wow. interview was. Wow. And all the stuff was like you were talking about anti-racism, anti-homophobia. Like you were already on that tip. Like you guys were you know, kind of ahead of the curve. Um, and I think that's kind of too what's made the legacy of, you know, Youth of Today and everything just endure all these years later is it was sort of ahead of its time. Um, if you want, we could just skip ahead to talking about you know, a songs that, that stick out to you guys, if you want. I was going to say, like, when you, got the, when you got the final track list and everything, were there any songs where you're like, whoa, this is, like, stepped up, this is next level, you okay, kind of knocked been, out? It's been 35-plus years. What were the songs, Jordan? Uh, I mean, go, you got, while, I, while I talk, can you go look it up? I mean, it's a bold, wise up. A wise up. Oh, we don't know that. Nail to the X. That was the bold song I really liked. Yeah. So, Fall Out of Our Being is a nausea song. Warzone did as one into Escape from Your Society. And I think Escape from Your Society was the one where they had that long intro. Is that where they're, yes. they're doing a little. I can't, can't take it no more. I'm bugging out. Yeah. yeah. So, that was kind of cool. Uh, then, Gorilla Biscuits, Better Than You and Forgotten. Uh, Trip Six, Back with a Vengeance, Breakdown, Sick People. Uh, Youth of Today did together and understand. Sick of understand. It understand was one of my favorite Youth of Today songs. Sick of it all is politics and Pete's sake. Crackdown is ignorance. Side by side is dead serious. Time is now. Youth Defense League, Blue Pride, and Super Touch, Searching for the Light. That was a great song. Super yeah, Touch. It's, it's going to be hard to pick a hot track, but the Warzone intro is pretty good. And uh, I like the Super Touch song. Yeah, that's. The classic and I mean all of this stuff but um, sick people is amazing and yes together kind of I think together is almost written for this comp or written for the scene yeah. that this comp was about and the title the title track <laughs> yeah, it is. for the seven inch but this is a different version than on the seven inch yeah, yeah we did it because um, this version I think was you Purcell um Walter and Mike Judge, right? I think. Uh, me, Purcell, Walter, and Mike Judge. Yeah, that makes sense. I can't remember where you recorded it. There was a studio on Avenue B we recorded something. What was that studio called? It was, we rarely record. We just only recorded there once, but see that's where we recorded for the album. It probably says so on the record. Yeah, it does not. <laughs> doesn't because I, I was wondering because it's the only youth of today session that has that particular sound for sure um, what's funny is i think walter played on maybe at least three bands on this record um <laughs> the gorilla biscuits i think he was on the Warzone 
one of the Warzones. No, no, on the seven inch. He, I think he was on this Warzone. He was on, on the, the seven, seven inch. inch. Yeah. But um, I, he, I think he played in Super Touch also. Anyway, yeah, there's a um, in the record aficionado book. There's a review of this record from Boiling Point Fanzine, and it calls it uh, one of the two best scene compilations ever. The other being Flex Your Head. Wow. And I think so. Flex Your Head would be like eh, first wave of American hardcore. And then this would be like the next wave of American hardcore. And I think that's a correct statement. I mean, this is one of the best comps ever in hardcore and punk. You can put this record on and just listen to the whole thing through. There's not really any skippers. You know, some people might say there's a couple clunkers in there. The review even says that. But a lot of people really highly regard this record and it's, it's just, it's timeless, really. This is, this is a document of not just New York hardcore, but American hardcore. Yeah, it's a great gateway, I think, for people, like a good starter. We, we, we talk about starter pack hardcore. I would definitely add this comp to that. Like, <laughs> it's starter pack. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Yeah, we say like Gorilla Biscuit Start Today is like starter pack hardcore. Minor threat, starter pack hardcore. Like, here you I go. appreciate that. And I mean, just to to be fair that i mean we we were a little bit you know we all we had our own group of friends and the the bands that we were aware aware of and new york was a lot bigger than than this record at the time so there was two other comps um look at all the children now and and um where the wild things are yeah so there's there's a lot that that we didn't document or couldn't document or didn't think to document so um but anyway i'm still love the the record and and uh all that that came out of it and also this this photo on the cover by bj Pappas. we are finally going to be doing this poster again nice um, this was one of my favorite things we ever did is that this picture Stop. is great like it's got the whole um you know it's got it somebody pointed out that it's from the Anthrax too. So the cover of the New York hardcore uh, comp that we did, the photo was taken in Connecticut. But that's also fitting because the Anthrax was kind of like as much of the glue to, to the the tri-state scene as CVs was. And yeah, uh, it was a great place to play. And this is just a great photo. With and all this Ray B's in the crowd, Ray stage diving and, and Gorilla Biscuits on stage. And you can see even like Matt Bold, like it's the, it's easily one of the most iconic photos. Like BJ Pappas has so and, many great pictures. And, uh, and the whole role is like just great like this. Hopefully she's, I, I think you can buy prints from, from her website of all, all these things. But anyway, we're going to be remaking that poster pretty soon and um we got a new pressing of the record coming and, and hey if any if, if we have any treasure hunters out there there was a guy from avenue a another freak like us who made really freaky hats and he had a store on essex street and this guy was just like a freaky guy his name was clayton and he used to document every matinee on video back when videos were like a weird thing. And he was like a, like us, he was like a historian. And I went back years later and asked him for footage and he's like, nope, not gonna give it. And I don't know whatever happened to Clayton, but everybody knows him from that scene. He is the gold standard of what, uh, of the real archival stuff from those days. I would love to see his uh, film work. 
Because he, you know, he was around since the, the early 80s, right? Uh, no, he wasn't. He came more during the Revelation times, oh, wow. as far as I remember. But he lived right around the corner from us on Essex. We lived on Rivington. He lived on Essex. So hopefully some of the uh, hardcore diggers or whatever, what do we call them? I don't know, explorers. Hardcore archaeologists. American diggers. Yeah, can go and... Uh, Find Clayton. So yeah. I actually wanted to ask too, with the, you mentioned the war zone being repressed, which I saw that in the interview and um, the pressure drop. We always, when we shout out, we say bit up bow. So bit up bow pressure drops. Bit bow. But I know you were saying about the war zone. Has there ever been talk of together comp being repressed? Cause they're all different versions than what's on this LP. Like, yeah, we'll do that too. I, I, I the, the, the uh, the um, order of operations I've got is I want to do the Warzone seven inch first and the artwork is all done for that. But unfortunately for that one, we have to remaster it. Um, and more importantly, Dwayne from uh, some records uh, gave me some tapes that, um, you know, I talked to Todd about reissuing before, uh, you know, putting out before Todd died. Um, and I, kind of promised Dwayne that we would do the um, the LP that he gave us uh, before the seven inch. So I want to do this Warzone demos LP that, that it's just um, the, the two or three demos that, and they're really just live practice tapes more than demos, but um, there's three tapes that I think two of the sessions were, the tracks were um, pulled from those to make the seven inch. So I wanted to put that, um, put that out first, and then then the Warzone seven inch, and then the Together Cop we'll, we'll put it out later. We don't really have the artwork done for that, but the nice thing about that is we have the original plates. So oh great, that'll yeah, sound Sam, as good as it uh, always did. When we talked to Sammy, he mentioned too about like he wanted the side by side to be more. He wanted that to come out as like more like the original than the uh, one that I guess was yeah. in ninety seven. Yeah, Are the artwork any... in the 97 one is very 97. Right. Um, so are there plans to do that too, the yep. side by side? Cool. Yeah, Sammy's working on that. He just sent me a screen capture of a Zoom call between him, Jules, and Billy. Oh, nice. But yeah, Sammy's great. He's been a real, uh, a real help at Revelation. Um, is there anything else you guys want to say about the way it is comp? Um, before we we shut this interview down, anything else you can remember, or the legacy, or anything? Any bit uh, of bows? Any bit of bows? <laughs> any shout outs you want to give? Yeah, bit of bow to uh, Dave Bet for um, helping helping us select uh, um, this typeface, this inline typeface that that we love, and then uh, this the back photo. So we already talked about the front cover photo being a BJ Pappas masterpiece. The back photo is um, from probably a, a, a few months before Revelation was formed, but this is like a Warzone show at CB's, but it, it's kind of like Ray's whole family um, photo. And he loved this picture, Ray, Ray B's. So he really wanted this to be on the back cover because it represented the New York scene to him, um, just like everybody hang out at, at CB's on Sunday. The skinhead choir. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Although this might have been a Saturday matinee. I don't really know. I, w I wasn't there for this um, 
this photo, but there's, there's photos, I think, from this day in um, Bree Hurley's book. Mm. Ray, can you see this? You remember that photo that Ray loved? Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was like not a, rev, that was not a rev scene at the time. It was sort of like a crazy New York, yeah, crazy New York scene at that time. What's that? Can we bid it Bo? Can you bid it Bo? The guy that coined bid it Bo? I don't know. Yeah, I think, we have to, I think we have to. Yeah, we have to. Bid Supreme bid it Bo's to yeah. rabies. But did yeah, rabies, time, me and rabies, did rabies coin it? When, so Luke said he thinks that he, like, someone must have just spelled it out phonetically. And he just said that rabies was trying to, like, roll off the tongue, like, like a, not like a rim shot. Scatting like, or something. Yeah. 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 trilling and then it, i always it, thought it sort of meant like um i, I thought it had like an inherent meaning which was like this is a bunch of nonsense <laughs> yeah. like like that would be a rough translation it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't just a, a noise yeah there we was kind like of a, there was like a meaning behind the nose like Bit-a-bow! yeah we inserted it into our own vernacular for this just to set us apart from other podcasts so <laughs> bit of bow to us Get a bow to you guys. You yeah. Well, bit enjoy the podcast, you guys. Yeah, thanks so Thank much. You. Get up this stuff. If you ever have a peculiar, weird question that I can be used for, you can use me. We will for sure. Yeah, I got bit it bow. I got, I, we got your number, bit it bow. Um, bit wait, don't you want to bit it bow? The 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 person who hasn't said a word this entire yo. I, oh. Well, I was gonna say I do I do the artwork, and I was just joining in on the conversation just to listen, and I've just. I can't tell you how much I love this comp. Like I got this in high school when I got compilations that were all not good. It was like in the early nineties when most compilations were There's a lot of bad compilations out there. (laughs) But I took that one home and I was like, holy shit, this is songs good. This song's good. This song's good. And I went through the whole thing start to finish just psyched. I got like a um, paper sleeve copy from smash records. Nice. Yeah, so Jason, Jason does it. all our graphics and he's like the brains. We, we, we'd say Raghunath, he's like the, uh, he's the mayor of, of this podcast where he's like, the, <laughs> right. he's yeah. there. You know. Well, you know, if you, just to all the other good couple, uh, good compilations like uh, rap music for rap people. And there's, there's a million good comps too. Well, I think there was, um, uh, it's one of those things when you're just a kid out there in the middle of nowhere, America, and you get a compilation, it's sort of like, wow, there's a whole world of weirdos yeah. like me out there doing stuff. Yeah. It's sort of exciting. And I remember, you know, not so comps. quiet on the Western front and, um, the mystic comps, the mystic, yeah, big city, big uh, city. He did a few comps. And what's interesting, I was just, I just was going to Yo, what's up with that boy, that man? He looks all fucked no. up. Yo, I ain't seen him in a long time, but I hear he's been ailing on some serious fucking drugs lately. Yo, he looks like he's going to snap, man. He keeps on saying this crazy shit like society fucked him up. Hey, you. Yo. Yo, man. What the fuck is wrong with you? I can't take it no more. I'm bugging out. Wow, that was... Like I said in the intro, unreal, an unreal experience. And so cool to hear some things. We actually had to cut a bunch of stuff out for, eh, mostly for time, but also just some stuff that we weren't ready to (laughs) unleash onto the world. Some conversations that still 
you know, we, uh, I don't know, we're, we got to keep to ourselves. But I think hearing them talk about this record, it, it did give me a new appreciation for everything that it took to go into it. Looking at the layout, looking at the reviews of the time and the reception of when it first came out. And again, I said this with the No For An Answer record, but all this was done without a fucking computer. You know, Jason, you're the, you're the um, graphics guy and you hear Jordan talking about the typeface for the New York City hardcore. And I know in Radio Silence, in the book, it shows the original layout and the mock-ups and stuff. And it's, it's so crazy to me that all of this is done with fucking X-Acto knives, Letraset, mm-hmm. um, Whiteout, like all mm-hmm. just... Can you imagine doing that stuff great, now? And it looks, it looks amazing still. Yeah. I mean, the cover, like I said in the interview, the cover is iconic. It's got, yeah. you know, you got Gus straight. Like mm-hmm. the fact that BJ Pappas caught this picture at this point in time, I mean, to the point where Gus straight edge's arm is straight enough so you can see the schism long sleeve, you know, New York exactly. City straight edge. That's incredible. Yeah. Did it, in the schism book, didn't Porcel or Alex say that there's only like 20 of those shirts in existence or something? And they crazy like, like were that? really screened crappily oh. or something. Yeah. So uh, this was like, this was the show where the first show where they had them in the crowd. And it's like, I mean, like I said before, too, like this f- is the blueprint. And this photo started to be like, this is how your band should look. This is mm-hmm. how you should stage dive. This is how your layouts should look. This is how your inserts should look. It's this. Everyone is, looks cool in the picture. Ev- <laughs> Everyone <laughs> looks fucking like, cool. You look and there's not, there's not like one outlier here. That's the word I always like to use. Like, I mean, and you got, you know, Gorilla Biscuits on stage, Matt Bold in the back. You know, I friggin' love bold. Ray you know, in the like corner, said, crowd yeah, surfing. Ray yeah. crowd surfing, and I believe is that Ray B singing along? Yeah, I always thought it was Porcel, but then with a second look now, it does look like Ray B. Yeah, like it's it's kind of mind blowing, and yeah. it makes sense that we'd still be talking about it. So, because of the nature of this being a comp, uh, we're gonna go through each song and share like a little yeah. snippet from all three of us. Well, fucking. You, everybody knows I ride hard for bold and what a way to start this comp off with fucking wise up. And like we've said before too, these were fucking kids. These were teenagers. And this song sounds hard as fuck. You know, it's not heavy, but it's hard, especially considering who it came out of these fucking teenagers from the suburbs of Connecticut or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I also ride very hard for bold. Um, and this recording is really good. Like, am I wrong in saying that I think this recording is better than the speak out recording? I think it is. Uh, and that's a generally a, a point of criticism about speak out is that it doesn't sound that good, which, you know, that's kind of a subjective thing to, I agree. To I mean, out, but, but I don't want to, I, I agree that this, if, if Speak Out sounded like this song, I think that people would enjoy it more in general. Agreed. Because yeah. I think the, the bold song on the Together comp, they do um, Talk Is Cheap, yeah. which is one of the best bold songs. Agree. And that sounds great. Like both of these comp songs came out before the Speak Out LP. Yeah. 
and are to me light years ahead of crippled youth. Oh, I totally agree. Like yeah. they, they became a real crippled youth I think is really cool for what it is. Um, Cause it's like, you know, 13 year old kids, yeah. this, you wouldn't know that these were young kids. This sounds like a full band that can hold their own with any band on this comp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this bold song, Jace? Well, I went back and listened to this comp and it held up so much better than I expected it to. And also, so I was in a band, Count Me Out. We got our name from the breakdown in this song. And how so many people I- used to think it was from Bane? Well, a lot How of people, said, <laughs> people asked about thinking it was from Bane. A friend told me you should say it was from the Necros because that was cooler. But really where we got it from was um, we had written down a bunch of band names and Charlie Flexen that played bass for us wrote down uh, Count Me Out from the breakdown in this particular bold song. So I knew immediately when I saw the band name Count Me Out. Seriously. Oh, I was you like, did? Oh, yeah, immediately. I was like, <laughs> oh, they got that from Bold. So yeah. You got yeah. one guy that knew. Yeah. So yeah, bold. I'm super excited to talk about the actual bold records. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that'll be a fun episode. You know, I so, don't really I don't really like this nausea song. Naz nausea. It's nausea. <laughs> it's okay. nausea. <laughs> um I, I my complaint is I don't really like Amy's voice that much, especially compared to Neil's. It just, it, it doesn't go with me. And I think also when I got it, I was like, yeah, Gorilla Biscuits, Youth of Today. What is this? Like, it, it didn't really flow. With it's me. weird for a track too. Like, you yeah. think it would be a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's not, I don't think it's bad. Like, it's, I wouldn't call it a skipper. But like, if somebody said, you can cut a couple songs off of this and take it with you on the desert island. You know, like you can't take the whole comp. You got to throw, mm-hmm. you know, you got to throw a couple fat guys off of the boat so that it doesn't sink. <laughs> like this would be really probably someone throwing me off of the boat, like to, to so it doesn't sink. Like that's that's this nausea song. Like, I, I would have rather seen them put "Talk Is Cheap" next to "Wise Up" than this nausea song. I agree. Or straight ahead. Because Gorilla Biscuits got comp. two songs and Youth of Today got two songs, so whatever. So um, what do you think about Nausea, Jay? I got to say, I love it. It was That's one of the ones where when I played it, I was like, oh, shit, I forgot. I used to fucking love this song. Like, there's something about the lyric pattern on the song that's really, remember. you know, I can really remember every word to that song, and I have not listened to this comp in, like, 10 years. But for some reason, I was like, oh, yeah. This song fucking rules. And I think I even texted you guys while I was jogging, yeah. listening to it. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this comp is awesome. Well, you know, I, so, um, I was super into, I guess what you could say is the ABC No Rio scene. When I was a teenager, yeah. I fucking loved Born Against. I loved Rorschach. Okay. I fucking loved Econo Christ. I liked mm-hmm. all of that shit. But for some reason, Nausea, just, it just didn't ever click with me. So, but yeah. I, I really well, I think- appreciate the layout. Um, of this the hand-drawn fucking apocalyptic reaper and the hand-drawn mm-hmm. letters like this looks like it could have been a vermiform insert I, I i think it's great it's just the actual song i really love you know what it is for me is like and i forget if it was before we were recording but when uh ray was talking about there was like a scene within a scene and mm-hmm. straight edge kids only listen to straight edge music 
when I got this comp, I was just like, who's this band? You know, and looking yeah. at the thing, like it didn't fit for me. Now, as a, you know, someone almost 40, even less, like I can be like, oh, it's a cool song, but this isn't like, this isn't one of my hot tracks for sure. What? But I got to say, go ahead. No, no, you say, because we're, we're staying on nausea. Okay, I was just going to say that I think that this, this song, though, helps as it helps the um the compilation as a whole you know what i mean as the diversity like, okay, of this sound is a representation of all the different bands that were playing in new york at the time because i think before i heard this comp i was mean i had heard maybe gorilla biscuits and i had maybe heard youth today before i actually got this comp so to me revelation i thought of as like one way whereas this comp you know even Warzone kind of standed out as like a little more punkish than those bands you know yeah to me no, at the time i so. agree which this song does go well right before the next two tracks which would be warzone and this is the last appearance of warzone on rev for like like we won't be talking about warzone for like three or four years till the reissue of the lp but um as one what do you think hoff i mean these are solid tracks uh I think two things stand out most for me uh, with the Warzone appearance on this comp. One is the fucking logo on the insert with the fucking flames drawn around it and it's black and then the it's yeah. like first. That is like insane to me. And then, like I hate to say it, but the, to me, usually these two songs are skippers. I love As One. Um, but Whoa. yeah, I know. Yeah, whatever. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. So, <laughs> bit of no. But, bit of whoa. But what? What's what goes in my head? There's another comp too, which is um, these uh, ceremony of fire comp, which is kind of like a, a vegan, you know, metal comp. And you hear the outro of one song go into your next favorite song. And that's kind of what happens to me with this is I hear the never again, like go like echoing. And then so I'm like, okay, now it's time to pay attention because I like the next song. That's where I'm uh, at with I, this. Like, that's, I know, uh, I know it's, this is, I know this is going to, I'm going to get a rash of shit for this. <laughs> one, but yeah, you are. like, I, I just, whatever, like, I think I, these just, are they're like, not my favorites. I, I like good. as one, but like, I just, I, I won't go back and listen to these songs on their own. These are not my Ooh. hot tracks. Man, I mean, while while we won't we'll talk about hot tracks at the end. Yeah, I don't want I want to have everybody surprised, but I mean, escape from your society. Get in the beginning. <laughs> um, I think somebody in this group right now got to record a version of that song. Yeah, yeah. Cloak Dagger recorded our cover of that song, <laughs> and I got to say that it was so fun. Aaron Barth, uh, who played bass for us, he recreated that skit at the beginning, and it is so perfect. But so, yeah, that song's just great. I mean, I, I think I just think it. Like I said, I think they're solid tracks. I don't, I don't have any real complaints against them. It's just I was that's not where my head was at when I bought this yeah. comp, and it kind of didn't stick. We've talked about that with other records, like. You know, it just wasn't my favorite. Yeah, so I, I, I think, appreciate it, and I, I think they're great, and I whatever. I think this comp is actually what got me into Warzone. Mm. Okay. 
um, was when I got this. I'm like, oh, okay. Cause I had heard like on victory style uh-huh. and like, yeah. I don't know what you guys think of the victory era of Warzone. It's not bad, but like, it didn't grab me like these early. No, yeah, it, it wasn't Bloodlet or Earth Crisis or Snap. <laughs> so I didn't care, to be honest. So, um, okay, Gorilla so Biscuits is next. Gorilla Biscuits. Yeah, these two tracks, especially next to each other, I think these tracks are fucking great. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about Better Than You when we did the Together comp episode. I think this is great. Um, you know, they're solid. It's just solid hardcore. It sounds good. I, I just, <laughs> if I had my only critique again is on the insert of the original press, the fucking weird gorilla biscuits with like the, the letters going up and down. I don't understand it. It's strange. And then there's like mm. a random person in there, but those are just like stupid minutia that I am complaining about the gorilla biscuit songs. If you skip these two songs when you're listening to this record, you're a coward in my book. <laughs> yeah, I like, I dig these songs, but I will say that um, Better Than You is not one of my favorite Gorilla Biscuit songs. I, I enjoy mm. the song. Um, it's, it's not one of my favorites. Um, and Forgotten, I like better on Start Today. I like okay. that version better. Um, I think Siv vocally is doing a little bit more cool stuff with his voice um on the start today one like he he's not as like like um yeah it's almost like a, a demo more loose this is right. a demo okay. version and, and the walter does a lot of cool guitar stuff on the start today one that's yeah. not on here but right. these are still great tracks yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. i'm glad they're on here but like if i had to pick a top five gorilla biscuit songs better than you is not going to be on there mm-hmm. um Um, So then next is... Listen, I'm just going to say this right now. I would now flip the record over. If I was listening to a 12-inch, I would flip the record over. (laughs) I will not listen to Trip 6 or Breakdown. I don't care. Oh, my God. I won't. I just... Uh, Well, let's go one by one. (laughs) I don't have any... I'm just saying, this is going to be a short conversation (laughs) because I don't have anything to say about Trip 6 or Breakdown except for I think the Breakdown logo is cool. (laughs) So, Trip (laughs) 6. Jason, you got anything to say about Trip 6? Trip 6, that would be the one that... um, I would probably I would throw it off the boat maybe. It's like it's a song again. I like every song on this comp, but that's the one where I was like, oh yeah, I remember this song. Um, I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's just it's there. It's a good song. It adds to the it adds to the comp as again being some representative of the time. But you know, yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm I, not huge on it. I can't even. I feel like every time it comes on, I forget what it is until it starts. Exactly. Like I'm exactly. like, oh, it, now if and if only we could speak with you know maybe I'd have a new appreciation if we could speak with Pack Rat, who did vocals, okay. or possibly Zippy. I wonder if Pack Rat was friends with Batmite. <laughs> we got Pack Rat, <laughs> Stu, Charlie Rage, and Zippy. Those are fucking cool. Those those are like <laughs> punk names, you know. A bit but, of both of them. Yeah. But indeed, next. See, I would not flip this record over. Because yeah. the last song on side A is by Breakdown. Sick people. And yeah. I love Breakdown. And I love this song. Um, 
my favorite breakdown stuff is this song, the Where the Wild Things Are comp songs in the 87 mm -hmm. demo. I Agreed. think all that is like essential New York hardcore. I think Breakdown were another band that had a bit of a different sound than the others on here and it fit it fit well. They had a little more um groove almost like you know uh and a little heavier but huge fan of breakdown i i wish that i wish that we could talk more about breakdown like maybe that'll be a bit of bonus episode where it's just hav being like what am i being subjected yeah, i would be like that that interview would get me beat up if this was like 1987 because i would just be like i don't care about this and i'd get smacked in an alleyway or something like that yeah I will just let me just chime in and say this song is fucking sick. It is. I like this song a lot, and this this is like obviously, you know, when they they played United Blood here, this was like when they played this song, it was mayhem. Yeah, it like I, I saw them a couple times, and it's See, always uh, like it when Breakdown started playing again, and they played out here a few years ago, and I was like, people like will go to that show. I was always under the impression that Breakdown was like some kind of C or D list hardcore band that made a demo and nobody cared about. And I bit it bow to Dave Ito because he kind of put me in check and it was like, are you a fucking idiot? Like this is, this shit is sick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ito has always been like my big brother musically, like to keep me in check with this shit and just be like, what are you doing, dude? Like, what are you thinking? But yeah. I never, I just never cared about it. Um, beyond having an appreciation for their uh, their visual aesthetic, I think it's cool. But I just the music, I don't, I just don't care. I feel like it's maybe more of an East Coast thing. Yeah, yeah. like it's yeah, one of those that so. like because when they play here, like especially like in the '90s before I knew of them, they would play New Jersey, and uh, like Jersey guys loved them. Like that was like a floor punch thing, you know? Like yeah, that's the, true. The, the floor punch guys are who, you know, I heard them talking about breakdown and that was why I was like, oh, I got to get into, you know, I got to get into yeah. breakdown. I don't know. To me, they're like classic New York hardcore and they're one of those bands where the demo is so good. Yeah. Like, you know, I think a lot of times people in hardcore have that tendency to demo is better and you're like, come on. But like, this is a case where the demo is so damn good. Hey, like Street Fight. Wait, yeah. like, wait, same with up. Rock. Wake me up when you're ready to flip the record over so we can do it. We're going we're, we're gonna to flip it. So we flip it over. Opening track is Youth of Today Together. Uh, this is a different, you know, as we talked about in the interview with uh, Ray and Jordan, this is a different version than the Together 7-inch. This has Ray, Purcell, Walter, and Mike Judge. What do you think about the song Together? Great. Solid. And I, I love that it's, uh, again, it's not on any of the other records, right? It's not on Break Down the Walls. No, it's and on it's, Together, yeah. Comp. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, that's it. This is a superior version, even though yeah. you know the Together Comp version is good. Um, I would, I will have to say that I'm partial to the We're Not in This Alone version of Understand. Mm. Same. Um, his vocals, like his inflection of the vocals going up and down especially on the like bridge part you know cut out the act and the backups on that man that is to me like a perfect hardcore song yeah I, and I, I think that it's just the way that it's executed on the full length mm -hmm. which i believe i heard that version before this mm. too 
Like, but okay. I just think it's a superior version. But yeah, together is like a top youth of today song. It's not the yeah. best, but it's yeah. like top ten. It's good. Yeah. And I I think that again, you know, we talked about this in with the the comp seven inch is that when you have these songs in your collection and then you put them on a cassette mixtape and you maybe give it to someone and they're like, what is this song? I don't have this song on the CD or on this. And you're like, Oh, you have to have the fucking 12 inch of this. So let me, <laughs> let me dub that shit for, yeah. for you. So what's next? As far sick as of- sick of it all goes, it would be interesting for a hardcore archeologist to go back and decipher if sick of it all is responsible for putting Calvin into hardcore. I think, I think so. I think so. I think so. And, and Calvin's on, on this layout, you know, with the screaming, I have a sick of it all bootleg where Calvin's hitting. It's probably from a flyer, but Calvin's That's like clobbering time. the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also has their little alleyway, like graffiti guy which is another staple of, you know, 80s New York hardcore. Um, the Sick of It All tracks, they're good. They're solid. Um, yeah. I probably wouldn't, you know, they don't float around in my head the same way the other songs do, but mm-hmm. uh, they're an important addition to both of these compilations. They need to be on here, um, but yeah. they're not. Like, are they the best Sick of It All tracks? No, but they're good. They're good Sick of It All songs. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't skip them. I wouldn't skip them. Wouldn't skip them. Okay. So then we, we go to Crackdown. Uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you anything about this song. Um, I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> I know what it sounds going. like. This is a skipper for me. Um, I have a real problem with things intentionally misspelled. I, I don't know what it is. What you like instead? Yeah, well, I'm from Orange County. I, I, you have to, I guess. I don't know. I don't like when the number two replaces the word T-O. I don't like when things have a Z at the end. What about Prince? Yeah, Prince is Prince. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a symbol. That's different. Anyway, I just this song, it's a skipper for me. I, don't, I couldn't tell you, literally couldn't tell you one single thing about this band or the song. I, I just don't know. It's a, it's a skipper. I like this song. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's like the best, but I, I would leave it on the comp. Like as far as the, the ones that I didn't know before hearing this when I was a kid, like this is like Breakdown would have been the best. Like that was, or, well, Warzone. I think I hadn't heard Warzone at that point. So it would go Warzone, then Breakdown, and then this is like a good track. But yeah, um, I never really heard anything else besides this. I know people yeah. talk about Crackdown demo. Never heard That's it. That's what so I was going to say. I, someone it, wants it, to file it, share it with me. Yeah, it's a good song, but it's not a song where I was like, I got I to gotta find more stuff by this band. It was more just, this is a good song. I'm not going to skip it. Yeah. So then next we got side by side. Uh, I, I like these songs. And uh, again, I appreciate that they're different songs than the seven inch. Cause now you have three songs available by a band. Um, and I love the photo of Sammy in the original layout. He just looks so young and small yeah. behind that drum set it's really like it's because he was i know but it's so like crazy to see and you know we talked to sammy about everything but this just really puts it into perspective like how young he was when he was doing this shit 
Yeah, these are great tracks, both of them. Yeah, yeah. As good as anything on the seven inch, if not, mm -hmm. if not even possibly better. Um, I think that it's a shame they didn't do a full length. Mm -hmm. But them's the breaks, right? Yeah. But yeah. Good songs, and this has Dead Serious has that what what Sammy was talking about about the like almost rudimentary musicianship that made the song like that intro the boom 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 it's boom, like caveman-ish yeah that's like one and of like, my one of my favorite uh things to describe a song you know is like caveman stomp that's mm -hmm. great so up next we're almost we're almost done the, the comp up next is uh youth defense league and we we have to we have to mention it at least um even though YDL is not on streaming and actually hasn't been on streaming for years. Most people think that it's just a new thing because uh, this record was not on Spotify for a long time, but it's been on uh, Apple or iTunes or whatever. But the, the right. YDL song has been left off at least since 2016. And it was just kind of very quietly removed. And, eh, you know, we are it's so easy to look at things through the lens of 2020 and I don't want to say scrub things, but go back and watch movies from the eighties, you know, any sort of John Hughes movie, you'll find problematic shit. You'll yeah. find whatever. And it was all, it was always right there in plain view. I mean, they fucking thank screwdriver Ian Stewart. In, in, the, in the insert. So, but as Ray said, this was a document of the time, and this band was hanging out, living with everybody. They weren't going around goose-stepping and sig-heiling at shows. And there's a lot of, if you want to pick on YDL, you got to pick on a lot of other bands for saying a lot of other shit and doing a lot of other shit. So, like, when will it end? Yeah. As far as the song goes, I wouldn't skip it. I'm, if you know if that's if that gets me canceled, then I'll see you guys later. It was nice doing the podcast. No, I with think you, your but, war zone, but, your war zone comments will get you canceled <laughs> before this. But I mean, this song, it's to me, it's like whatever. It's again, I don't, I don't skip any songs when I put this on. Mm. But when it when I was listening on Spotify, I wasn't like, oh, I got to go to my iTunes and listen to this song and then go back. I was like. No, like I don't really care, and I and yeah. honestly, I see why um, it's not on streaming, and I'll leave it at that. Sure. Like I understand, I'm not trying to, you know, but at the same time, like it's not really erasing history. It's just not on streaming, right? It's yeah, not it's still on history. the record. It's on, it's the, on the, the vinyl. I bought it's... the fucking vinyl like two months ago from Rev. A yeah. really nice looking blue vinyl. Uh, a smaller insert, but it's still on there. So if you really yeah. want to listen to YDL, you could fucking download it. You could watch it on YouTube. You could buy, listen to it on the 12 inch. So it's not erasing history. It's just not putting it in a place where people could complain about it. And that's, exactly. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I, I agree. And like I said, respect to revelation and, yeah. and uh, you know, that's, that's, there's still so many other great songs on here that it's not, you know, it's not a, a tearjerker that's not on there, but yeah, I, I, will say, oh. I will say normally if I'm listening to this side two, I'll stop the record at side by side. I just, I Whoa! won't finish. I, I, <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you got bigger problems. Than, you got bigger problems. So than, 
I, I'll go ahead and say I like, I love one, two, three, four, five. I love five songs on this record and I'll listen to, you know, maybe eight or nine, but I'll stop. I'll stop the record here. I don't, I just don't really care about this Super Touch song. Okay. Oh. Well, that's, so we're going to Super Touch. I already talked about how much I love this song on the Together. Mm-hmm. And this version is better than the Together version. It has a little bit of an extended outro. I wouldn't even know. Um, where he, you know, he goes like, <laughs> searching. Boom. Like that's a, not on the. I, I think even in doing research for this episode, I, I'm not even sure that I made it this far. Wow. Think, uh, what do yeah. you think of Searching for the Light, Jason? I mean, I've always loved that song. For some reason, I don't. Well, we talked about this, though. Since you started the podcast, I went back and started checking out some other Rev releases that I didn't really listen to before. And we will talk about the Super Touch LP later, I'm sure. Yeah. But this song I always thought was so awesome. And I never got into the, um, the LP until so, this year. But Yeah, like this song is it's so different than any like as much as like i'll break down like this is so different than anything else on the comp um just the music mark ryan's vocals um yeah you know they owe a lot to dc which i love dc stuff Mm -hmm. you know they they talk about you know shout outs to scream and uh to uh bad brains and um i think this is a great track but wouldn't you say it's the perfect way to end the compilation also Absolutely. Like, I can't picture any of these other songs ending this comp. That song is just different enough that it's perfect. I yeah, always absolutely. like that song. Yeah. So that's that's the comp. So now, hot yes. tracks. I'm going to start with Javier because I've been dying to know his hot track, especially with <laughs> hot tracks from the hot take. Hot track. That's right. <laughs> hot track is forgotten. That is my favorite song on this record. Um I think you're right that it's not the superior version of this song, but when I listen to this record, that's the standout track for me. I love the rawness of it. I love that it's a little bit different. It gives you a little bit different experience if you're used to listening to the Start Today version. Um, It's a little bit rough around the edges and I appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, I I think a runner-up for me would be Understand. But, you know, I fucking love that Gorilla Biscuit song. And that's, that's the standout for me. Yeah, weird, right? You would think that, because I mean, you know me and like, I'm into some, I listen to a lot of black metal. I fucking love integrity. I listen to a lot of like weirdo shit. But for some reason, I have a hot spot or a soft spot for. Because uh, I was thinking it was going to be together. I was like, okay, he's going to go with together. I know how much you love youth today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, do I love, love youth, youth today. today too. I, I think, Jason loves Youth of Today. I personally think that Youth of Today is the greatest hardcore band of all time. And I, that's, I'm not saying it's my favorite. I'm saying mm-hmm. that I think they are the greatest. They are more important than a lot of other bands. And they did it before a lot of other bands. And I just, that, that's my personal opinion. I mean, they're, see, I go the opposite. They're my favorite. Mm-hmm. But like the most important, like Bad Brains are on a whole other tier. So that's why I can say, oh, Youth of Today is the best hardcore band yeah, ever. Yeah, but when I was because, growing up, I considered Bad Brains a punk band. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Bad yeah. Brains is, is their own yeah, thing. So if else. we yes. take, so I always say Youth of Today is my favorite hardcore band that doesn't have uh, HR, Doc, sure. Earl, 
and Daryl and sure. like it's it's youth of today. Now that said, my hot track. Yeah, what is it? Try to guess it. Uh, searching for the light. Yeah. Yeah. Searching for the searching for the light again. <laughs> I just think, especially in 2020 right now, what a song, man. Yeah. And like the, the lyrics, like uplifting, and um. I just think it's a great way to end the comp and it does make you want to just flip it over and start it over again. You think yeah. today together would be my runner up, but something about that super touch song just hits hard. I love it. Yeah. So how about you, Jason? I got to go with the gospel as one. Nice. I just as feel one. like that song is just, that song is just, I know the lyrics back and forth. I've seen so many bands cover it. Yeah. I've saw Warzone play it when they used to play and that yeah. was always the song that just like hands down got the best reaction of the night even if it was not a great show for them when they yeah. played that song it was always just mayhem that's so, how i feel about 25 to life when they played it too you know it was always yeah 25 to life and powerhouse a huge bit of bow to powerhouse because those were two hey though they were 25 to life was a really fun hardcore band for a really long time before it got fucking weird yeah um, that's what i think and i was never a fan really but i, mean, I was a fucking huge like, 25 to life yeah, fan people, but, i gotta say 25 to life shows in richmond are legendary yeah dude yeah. they, they awesome were like here. they were like cool i just that was yeah. never my kind of stuff um yeah. but yeah as one great choice i saw i was at the first um, you know, for speaking Rev alumni here, I was at the uh -huh. first Search show in Philadelphia when they mm -hmm. played with Token Entry. Uh, so Bid at Boda, Search, and Tim McMahon especially. Mm -hmm. And um, they played as one. And people went nuts. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was like their first show. People didn't know the other stuff. But when as one came on, everybody went nuts. So yeah. it's yeah. a good choice. So um, I think it goes without saying, we all probably just agree that this is still an essential comp. Yeah, I think this is this. If we're gonna talk essential, I think this is an essential rev release. This is an essential hardcore comp. Yeah. Uh, the like we said before in the interview, um, it ranks up there with Flex Your Head. And Jordan was talking about a bunch of other comps. I think that this comp is better and more important than all those other comps that he mentioned. Yeah, and. Um, I think like, I love, I love this comp. Like, you know, what's weird is that I'm not really a comp guy for the most mm. part. I usually uh -huh. rather have just the actual records mm -hmm. that said, uh, if there was like a Mount Rushmore of comps, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's going to be flex your head the way it is yep. where the wild things are, um, rebuilding, which, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that I don't know that because New Breed is great. Like, mm -hmm. um, so but yeah, definitely those three would be on there. We could do it, dude. That everything that you just mentioned could be a bit of bonus episode. Yeah, oh, yeah. we should. I <laughs> yeah, would. Love, should. I would love yeah. to see your take on where the wild things are because I. Well, I'm gonna save my where the wild things are story for that. So we're gonna do that. So yeah, I think yeah. it's a good time. I think to just wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, wrap it up. I mean, this was a great episode. Um, and every time we do these episodes now, it just goes more and more beyond what I thought that it was ever going to be when you asked me to do this podcast. And it's like, Same. it's just, it's taken off. We are, all of us are working behind the scenes all week 
to do new things and to like make all this stuff better, but it's also just happening organically. And um, bit up bow to anyone who has listened, um, messaged me. I've actually made new friends on the internet because of this episode. So I want to, I want to bit up bow to our families. Yeah. For um, putting (laughs) up with us, you know, doing this and, um, you know, being away, you know, from, everybody for an hour in this case this one was this one was long but people are gonna see yeah. why it's yeah i think one. i mean greg you and i spent like four hours this week recording episodes yeah 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 so you know i have to give a bit of bow to my uh becca and the boys for yeah, yeah. you know letting it letting this fly so all um, right so next week what do we got next week we got a big one for i'm sure all of us here break yeah. down the walls mm-hmm. youth of today yeah um maybe there'll be a surprise guest I don't know. Um, and we also have some more announcements coming. So Yeah, we do. Hey, listen. Stay tuned. To end this episode on a weird note, I'm going to tell you that Break Down the Walls is my third favorite Youth of Today record. Third favorite? Third favorite. Yo. I, I'm on the same wavelength <laughs> as you, buddy. Yeah, I'm on the same wavelength. Hey, and let we'll me talk about that. Let me bit it, Bo, you, you both real quick. Just saying you guys do fucking killer killer job with this and every week it's just like i can't believe how well it's going so jason killer that you, we couldn't do it without your graphics i can't believe we dragged you on this episode <laughs> yeah. i can't believe oh, you no, actually I appreciate like, it. I came know. on like this yeah. has been this has been great having a, a you know what person i want our listeners to decide should jason make more appearances yes i say we'll yes let's well let's Thank make you. a poll let's make a we poll, make on a poll. On a, on i'll make a poll on twitter when yeah, this comes yeah. out okay fair enough but, but, <laughs> but yeah but by the real. way we do have a twitter at yeah. where it went pod yeah. um and we will be posting content i'm i made a pact to not just feed over instagram to twitter yeah, yeah. Like, i'm not doing that at all yeah. so you, you got to follow the instagram if you want that and then the twitter is going to be different content yeah and the um, facebook is too because with the facebook i can post youtube videos videos easier yeah. so, so i think we have now facebook instagram twitter and all of those will have different content so that's a lot yes. of hardcore yeah it is yeah and, and it is. honestly in these times where we can't get to a show where we can't you know get to a, like <laughs> yeah this, what, what better time to yeah. just dive in and you know with I like that we kind of stuck to a theme like our Instagram. We try to keep it topical with the episode mm-hmm. of the week, mm-hmm. but the Twitter is going to be more free form, just like rev minutia. Like I posted, um, you know, a, an ad from 1994, like stuff like that. So stay yeah. tuned. But yeah, there's more announcements coming besides episodes. I think people are going to be stoked Yeah, and we'll, we'll be able to give you some insight on that yeah. later on. All right. We'll awesome. see you next week. All right. Hit All right. a bow. Hit a bow. Hit a bow. Hit a bow.